really good to be in God's presence, eh? Just lovely. Um, I've called this sermon One Thing, and uh, I want us to think about the one thing we're going to get out of this service today. What are we going to go with, away with? Maybe one thing. What's the one thing you came for? Maybe you came to be with your friends. Maybe you came to do a job. Maybe you came to meet with Jesus. What's the one thing that God's going to give you today you can go away with? Maybe a line of one of those songs, hey? Did you know? Did you know that God can make a way? Hey? Did you know that God can bring down mountains and, and slay giants? Did you know that Jesus died on the cross for you? Did you know that you can be saved? Maybe that's the one thing some people will go away with today. Do you know, I never knew that story that I heard about Easter when I was a child, that Jesus died on the cross to take away our sins, and that applies to me today. Some people may never have heard that. Perhaps your one thing you'll go away with, does Jesus really love me that much that he died for me and he can wash away all my sins and give me a new beginning? Maybe that's your one thing today. Maybe your one thing is we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Could there be more of the Holy Spirit for me? Maybe you'll go away thinking about that. And we're going to talk about how you know. How do you know what God's saying to you? How do you know what to go away with? So many voices in the world, aren't there? So many voices in the media that you could think, is that true? Is that true? How do I know what's God? Well, we're going to talk about different people in the Bible who mentioned one thing as their top priority. First, I'd like to pray. Father, I just want to thank you because you know us inside out. And you know what this week is going to hold for us. And you know what we need to hear and receive today that will kind of fuel us and equip us for what the week's going to bring. And I ask that each one of us online or here in person, and the children in the groups, Lord, that each one would know you giving us that encouragement for the week, pointing something out that you want to help us with. So we ask this morning for open hearts, open minds, to hear you and to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. So I guess most of you will be able to guess my first scripture that Jesus would have said was the very most important thing that we should do first above everything else. Yeah? And it would be Matthew 6.33, if we could have that up. Okay, it's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. There's an active tense there, isn't there, in a passive mode. Okay, can we have it back, please? <laughs> there it is. So we do the seeking first the kingdom of God. The things being added are done by God for us. Yeah, our part is to put his kingdom first. His kingdom is where he's king. So we're saying, if I make Jesus king of this thing, this person, this situation, the other things will shuffle into place behind it. Yeah, but if I start fiddling with all this and forget that Jesus is in charge, maybe things go a bit askew. Yeah, so it's saying, seek first his kingdom. Put him first. Put his lordship first, the way he does things, his guidance, yeah, his righteousness. 
We've said before, righteousness, two sides of it. One is the right standing we have with God through what Jesus has done for us. The other is the right living that we do because we're in right standing with God. Seek those things first and the other things fall into place. Okay. So, I wonder if I said to you all, what's your one thing today, the top most important thing in your life today? Yeah. And we'll assume that it's Jesus first, yeah. Maybe it would be your family, your marriage, your children, your work, your money, the state of the world. What's the most important thing that absorbs your attention today? Margaret Connell always says, keep the main thing the main thing. You may have heard her say that. And it's true, isn't it? In any situation, what's the main thing here? The lordship of Jesus. I used to say when I was a manager in speech and language therapy, I used to say to my staff, our main thing is to help the speech and language and communication skills of the children. So if we're working with a parent who doesn't like us very much or doesn't like the waiting list, let's keep that. Now, how can we help your child's speech and language? Let's not get caught up in arguing over this and that. Yeah. Or if I was talking to managers about funding or priorities, I'd be saying, but how can I help our service to help the children's speech and language? Do you see, you keep the main thing the main thing. And it's true that so much is going on in our lives that we can be thinking, oh, you know, do I follow that? Do I follow that? But ask Jesus, what's the main thing here? What's your priority for my family? What's your priority for my job today? What's your priority for my health today? And we're going to talk again about how do we hear that? How do we know what God's saying? But let's think about what people in the Bible said was their one thing. We start with David. There's a verse in Psalms. Remember David, the giant killer, the mighty king, the man after God's own heart? Wonder what his one thing would be. He said, one thing I've asked of the Lord, and it's what I'm going to go after. And here it comes. One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may, well, not dwell, dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days. There wasn't even a temple in those days. But he said, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. What did he mean? Where would you locate where Jesus is? Do you have to come to church? Did he mean he wanted to go to church and live there? He couldn't. He was a king. He had to go to battles and go and sort out things. Where does Jesus live? In our hearts. Yeah, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, aren't we? So he's saying, I just want to be with Jesus. I want to be where God is. I want to hear his voice. It's, it goes on to say, to seek him, to inquire of him. Yeah? Is that our top priority? If somebody said to you, what one thing are you asking of the Lord? Would you say, oh, it would just to be in his presence and to pray and hear his voice. I think actually the bottom line is we probably would in any situation say, if only I just knew what God was saying, yeah? If I only just knew what to do, yeah? Well, we can. We can. And that's what David wanted. And do you remember Jesus said the same thing to Martha and Mary? You remember that story where Martha's busying about? She's, oh, tell Mary to stop sitting at your feet, Jesus, and listening to you, and tell her to come and help me. Yeah, when you put it like that, it sounds, sounds a bit wrong, doesn't it? But basically, that's what Martha was saying. And Jesus said, no. You're worried. You're worried and upset about so many things. 
But only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is best and it will not be taken from her. What was Mary doing? Mary was sitting at his feet and listening. Do you know, I read a couple of scriptures that aren't up that, that showed that God wanted this. Do you know, God said to Moses, he said, come up the mountain and be there with me. Have you read that before? Come up the mountain and be there with me. Some versions say, stay there. And how difficult is that for us in our lives, eh? Just to be there and stay there with Jesus. To be present, yeah. With all the social media and everything, are we ever present with anybody? Do you know, do you find yourself when somebody's talking, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are we really present? Are we present when we're pushing the buggy around and on the phone? Are we present with our children? I don't know. But I know Jesus would like us to be present. He would like us to be there with him, listening, taking it in. Because what he's going to say is best. Yeah, the best advice we can get. There's nothing better than you we've been singing, haven't we? Best advice we could ever get is him. So, wonder what Solomon said. Solomon, the one who wrote Proverbs, supposed to be one of the most wise people ever. Yeah, I wish he'd been wise about women. He had hundreds and hundreds of wives and concubines, but that's beside the point. Other things he was very wise about. And he said, actually, two things I have required of the Lord. Two things I have asked. And this was his bucket list. Do not deny them to me before I die. You know, what might it have been? He was going to build the temple. He was going to be a king. Might have been, give me great victories. We know he said, give me wisdom. But there was something else. One of them was about dishonesty. But look at the next one. Don't give me too much money and don't give me too little money. That's basically what he said. If I get too rich, I'll forget I need you. And if I get too poor, I'll start stealing and dishonor you. So I wonder if the one thing that perhaps in our lives can distract us from really putting God first would be finances. Yeah, just worrying about finances. Yeah, but I'm saying Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. If we make Jesus king of our finances, all these things will be added. That's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, but it is the best advice to put Jesus first in our finances. Not too much, not too little, just right. A bit like the porridge in Goldilocks, isn't it? Yeah, not too hot, not too cold, just right so that we can say, thank you, Lord, for all your goodness. We have some spare to give away, but we don't let it absorb our attention because our attention needs to be on him and his presence. Jesus said it to the rich young ruler. Do you remember this man who came to him and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And how can I be saved? And Jesus said, well, you need to keep all the commandments. And the man said, well, I do. I have since I was a child. And Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't. He said, but there's just one thing you lack. This is in Mark. You lack one thing. Jesus didn't say this to everybody, by the way. He didn't say it to the widow whose son had died, did he? You know, you just go and give everything away and then I'll heal your son. No, but he did say it to this man. He recognized in this man the one thing. He said, go and sell all you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And I'm really sorry that the man went away sad because he was rich. How many of you would say that? Oh, I'd be so sad if I was rich. No, 
But I, I just feel sorry because I think if he'd said to Jesus, you know, that's too hard. I can't do that. Will you help me? See, Jesus would never have asked him to do something that he wasn't going to help him with. And he'll never ask you to do something he's not going to help you with. And if the one thing you go away with is maybe a bit of a challenge, don't, don't go away sad because it's just too hard. Go to Jesus with it. Yeah? When you have problems, when you have failures, when you have sins, don't go away from Jesus. He knows anyway. Go to Jesus. So I've got this thing. It's just too difficult for me. Will you help me? And sure enough, he will. And we'll talk about how we'll know. So what about Paul, the great St. Paul who wrote all those letters? What was his one thing? Paul said, one thing I do, what might it be? He forgets what is behind and looks ahead. How many of us would say that it's our past that is preventing us from going forward? How many people would say it's because I did this wrong or I didn't do this or this happened to me or so-and-so did that? And because of that, I just cannot go forward. But Paul says, this one thing I do, I forget what is behind. And maybe you're thinking, Lizzie, that's just too hard. I was too hurt. I was too damaged. Yeah. And Jesus says, well, come to me with that. Yeah, I can do that. I can do something with it. I can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it to good. Isn't that the truth? How many of us could say that? You know me. You know what happened to me in the last year. Those things that I could say, well, you know, Gary died. How can I possibly trust God anymore? How can I draw near to God and say, you answer my prayers? But I've had to make Jesus Lord of that, that year. And say, do you know what, Jesus, I don't understand it, but you are Lord. And I'm going to go forward now. I'm going to trust you that you know best. Yeah, we need to do that. And it's not easy. And we will help each other, won't we? Yeah, we're on this journey together. But once you make Jesus king of a situation, you can leave it with him and move on to what he's called you to. Maybe that's one thing that you can go away with, that Jesus can do something with what you thought couldn't, nothing could be done with. Yeah. How about Peter? Peter had a one thing as well. Peter's was a do not forget one thing. Yeah? That with the Lord, and this is the one we all love so much, do not forget with this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Is it God's timing sometimes that holds us back? You know, I've been asking you for this. I've been asking you for this all this time, and you're just not doing it. I just cannot stay with you, God. I'm going to go and do it my own way. I'm going to give up. Yeah. Is that the one thing, maybe, that holds us back from giving Jesus everything? Because of his timing. But there's a lovely verse in Genesis 21, I think it is, where Abraham's been waiting 25 years for the fulfillment of a promise. God said he's going to be the father of many nations, and he's got one son that he shouldn't have had anyway. Yeah, and he's going to have as many multitudes of stars as he can see. Yeah, and then it says, the Lord visited his wife at the appointed time. There is an appointed time in God's calendar. And we may not like it, and it may be much further ahead or much sooner. You know, God might forgive the person you don't think deserves forgiving now. And you might think they need to wallow in that for some considerable time. Yeah? But God's, nope, today is the day of salvation. 
Today is the accepted time. And the other thing, it may involve fullness of time. Things that need to happen before your answer to prayer fits in the big picture. And God's got his eyes, hasn't he, on the big picture. And he knows when it's all going to work together for good. And we can trust his timing. Maybe that's something you'll go away with today and think, oh, so maybe this wait is going to be for the best. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't take the cake out of the oven after 10 minutes, do you? You might want it. You might feel very hungry. But it needs to have had its full time in the oven. And that's exactly what God's, not exactly, I'm sure God doesn't think about it as cakes. But, you know, what I'm saying is there is a set time. And we need to trust God's timing to take it out and present it to us when it's ready. Yeah. But the immediate thing, there are some immediate things. The immediate thing for you today is if you want to know Jesus better, ask him and he will. Yeah. Okay, so that's Peter's. And I want to tell you about a little man who got all this right. He got a lot of things wrong in his life, but he got a lot of things right. Well, this one thing, really. A very little man. I often call men little. That's just because I'm so tall. But this is Zacchaeus. He was genuinely little, okay? And in Luke chapter 19, we hear the story of Zacchaeus, okay? So he hears that Jesus is coming to town. And so even though he's despised and dishonest, we know that in the story, he comes out, tries to see Jesus through the crowd. And because he is so little, he climbs up a tree to see Jesus. And he's looking out for Jesus. Jesus comes by and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to come to your house. So he goes to his house. And the next thing we know, Zacchaeus is saying, well, Half my goods I'm going to give to the poor, and if I've stolen anything, I'll give it back four times. And Jesus said, today, salvation has come to this house. Yeah. So Zacchaeus, he got it right, didn't he? He wasn't too busy for Jesus. He didn't let his past stop him. He took his moment. He seized the moment. And this is what I recommend to you today. Seize your moment today. What one thing are you going to get out of this? What one thing are you going to talk about on the way home? You could ask each other, you know, what, what do you remember about that service today? What did the songs speak to you about? What do you remember of what Lizzie said? What about the prayers and the things Ros was saying about breakthroughs? What's the thing that stuck out to you? And write it down. Because I think one of the best ways to hear God and remember God is to write it down. And that was my little thought to finish with was, how do we hear God's voice? And that's a series of sermons in itself. But in a nutshell, I would say, take these two words, open and shut. So open your Bible, open a notebook, and open your heart. And say, Jesus, I just want to hear you speaking to me. And trust that he will. Because when we ask him, he will show us his will. Okay? And shut the door, symbolizing shut out other voices, shut out other things, Shut out what you want to hear. Somebody said the best way to hear God's voice is to, to stop thinking about what you want him to say. You know how children are. They really want a yes, and however you say no, they're not listening. <laughs> yeah. However many good arguments you put, yeah, until you say yes, they haven't heard you. And, and perhaps that's how we are with God, hey? We want him to say a certain thing, and so we don't really hear all the other good advice he gives. But let's shut that down and say, okay, Lord, I really want to hear what you're saying.
Yeah. And some people say put a smile on your face when you're listening because it's always going to make you feel better. <laughs> so I recommend that. I recommend it. When you get home, when you have a minute, I know some of you have got a busy life, but open your Bible, perhaps remember some of the scriptures we've used, and jot down, Lord, what do you want me to remember from, from what we heard today? Yeah? And just be open to it. I usually suggest you write down the first thing, because usually the first thing is the thing that matters. And if you don't really get it, talk to somebody you know who, who perhaps is a bit further along than you and has been known to their Bible better. But you see, that's us taking God seriously. That's saying, Lord, you're real in my life. I don't want to just go to church, listen, and then go on with my life. I want it to be part of my life. I want it to percolate and incubate and produce its fruit. Remember Rosie spoke the other week about blossoming where you're planted. You know, I don't particularly want to be. I didn't want to be in this situation that I find myself this year. But I am. So from Rosie's word, when she said, stop complaining... Yeah, I thought, okay, I'm going to say, well, this is how life is now. How can I blossom here? What fruit can I bear in this particular place at this time in my life? Yeah, we can all do that. Maybe we don't like things very much, but some plants grow better, don't they, in difficult circumstances? I heard of a seed, a carob seed, this is disgusting, that, you know, it falls off the tree and then some wild beast has to eat it and it has to go through their intestines and come out the other end, and then it's ready to be, then it's ready to be used. That's the only way its shell can be, can be broken down. And sometimes it feels like life, doesn't it? You know, you think, oh, great, and then, oh, dear, oh, dear. And then God can clean it up and give it to you and say, it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying life's like that sometimes. But walking through it with Jesus is the best way to go, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So I'd like us to pray now. Not go away sad, thinking, oh, you know, it's all too hard for me. Go to Jesus with it and say, you know, that the things you seem to be asking me to do are too difficult. Will you help me? What's that one thing that God's going to be helping you with this week? What's that one thing that you're asking of the Lord this week? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much because we learn so much from people in the Bible who were just like us with their ups and downs. And you know each heart, Lord. You know each one here, what their one thing is that brought them here today. That one thing that's really burning in their hearts. That one thing you want them to go away with. And I pray that each one will hear your voice even now. I pray that all the distractions that prevent us from being with you, being present with you, will go aside. And that we would all find time this week to remember the truths that you died for us, that you love us, that you forgive our sins, that you fill us with your spirit, that you guide us, that you want the best for us, that your timing is perfect that you will give us just what's right for our lives and help us to be those who bring those, those one words that are just right when we talk to other people. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your help in reminding us. In Jesus' name, amen.